Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 18, Midlife. Now what? Mary, what happened this week? Brandon is still betting money on sports, and Nat is enabling him. Nobody wants to hang out with Steve. Kelly, Brenda, and Donna had planned to go to a mother-daughter spa weekend, but now Donna's mom can't go. They ask Andrea to be Donna's mom for the weekend, and that's cute. (laughs) Cindy is a little nervous about leaving Jim at home because he has an, an audit coming up and has to work all weekend with Dottie, who somehow is the best secretary he's ever had, but also she can't add or subtract. <laughs> Jim's client is a psychiatrist who wrote a book called the title of this episode. Jackie's heard of that book and says Cindy should totally read it. Andrea is too excited about all of the things that a spa weekend has to offer, and the girls have to talk her down from filling her entire weekend with absolutely everything. She and Donna end up having a super relaxing weekend, unlike Kelly, who realizes Jackie's old cocaine dealer, Babette, works at the spa. To make matters worse, she gets a massage from an obnoxious, gossipy lady with really long fingernails who points out her problem areas and won't stop talking about her two friends who are fighting over some married guy. Speaking of another situation that's kind of like that, Dylan still can't figure out if he wants to be with Kelly or Brenda, but honestly just pick both. He mopes around the peach pit, listening to the same sad song, imagining how his life with each girl would look like in the future. With Brenda, it's thousands of kids in an accounting job and (laughs) wallpaper with bunnies and bears. With Kelly, it's lots of shopping and mountains of debt. He stress bends a spoon and still doesn't decide because he gets distracted when his dad gets out of prison. Meanwhile, Jim talks to Dr. Bookwriter over noodles about his hot secretary, and there's no way she can't hear them through that door. Doc says, hey, maybe schedule some therapy, not a bad idea, and gives Jim a copy of his book to read in the meantime. Brandon and Steve catch him reading it and make fun of Jim for being old. Jim keeps thinking thoughts about Dottie, but it turns out her boyfriend proposed to her and they're moving to Florida, so bye. (laughs) Back at the spa, Brenda overhears chatty longfingers telling another client about her two friends and this sketchy married man and mentions Mel Silver by name. Brenda tells Kelly what she overheard and Kelly tells Jackie she's being cheated on. Stupid Babette asks Jackie if she wants to do some cocaine about it, but Jackie says no. She tells Kelly that she isn't going to deal with her problems that way anymore, and no matter what happens between her and Mel, she at least has her daughters. That's such a cute way to end this episode. Like, this was a heavy episode, and it was really cute having that, like, scene with Kelly and Jackie where Jackie comes in, and Kelly's like, oh, my God, it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. Where have you been? And Jackie was just like, sober and loving it. And Kelly's like, oh, mom. <laughs> no, like, it was really cute. Like, literally, that's the last scene in the show, and I feel bad skipping all the way to it. But, like, we have seen their relationship go from, like, zero to 100 mm-hmm. in a good way over yeah. the show. And, you know, we harp on continuity and all these sorts of things all the time. But, like, this is something that I kind of really love, that they have grown this over time and that Kelly is still, like – I know my mom. I know she can relapse. I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to stay up all night waiting for her. Yeah. I mean, it's like the perfect, I guess, slow burn growth. 
you know, like it's something where they haven't been like, oh, Jackie's alcohol or drug addiction was just something that you do in Beverly Hills. No, it actually affects, you know, the whole relationship with Kelly and it affects what she does and and how she kind of goes about her life. And then showing it from Kelly's perspective, too, of being that scared. I don't know if I can trust you, but I want to trust you. But also I'm worried about you. And I've had to take care of you for so long, so I'm still going to kind of be that parental figure, you know, waiting until you get home and that sort of thing. So I think they've done, this is a relationship that they've done so much justice with and they've taken care of it. And I really appreciate that. And I really like whoever's advocating for that, right? Because I think it's it's been a very important relationship in this whole show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I saw in the guest stars that Jackie Taylor was going to be in the episode, I was like, well, this is going to be a good episode. Yeah. I love Jackie. I know. she She's one of my favorites. I'm, I'm telling you, like, the whole Kelly, Jackie, I mean, even throwing in David was semi-helpful this episode, you know, and, like, that whole dynamic. It's actually, when we were, I think, talking about it initially about Kelly and David becoming step-siblings, we were just like, oh, my God, like, what is this going to be? And it's actually, like, turned out to be something really good because they do – have enough respect for each other as people, but then they also have that sibling element because they, now they do have this thing in common, which is their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps that they really tone down David's creepiness, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, I know this show is from the early 90s. Like, it was a trope on TV that you have, like, the creepy guy and people didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean, like, you know, think of 16 Candles. Like, there are some creepy dudes in the late 80s, early 90s that nobody did a thing about that now we're just like, this is literally the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they just, like, essentially dropped that. I mean, they had that one thing where he walks into Ke- in on Kelly getting out of the shower, but, like, that was really it. Yeah, and that could have been, like, any teenage boy would freak out. And that was more of, mm-hmm. like, a, a, I don't know, like, a normal freak out more so than a... Like, I'm creepy, so I'm going to videotape you while you're in the shower or something that he oh, would have yeah. done. Yeah. No, I mean, it was more the idea that, like, he and Steve talked about her birthmarks that <laughs> freaked me out. Right, right, but, right. But again, actually, I'm now that we're talking about it, I'm kind of really interested to see how David's going to react to all of this. Yeah, because I wonder if he knows about his father's previous infidelity. Like, because I think – I don't know. It's it's an interesting situation for sure because I think the age of David and Kelly have a lot to do with it because I know like for my parents, they got divorced when I was like seven. So I didn't know a lot of like why they got divorced or what happened or what led to it. I mean, I know they fought constantly, so that had to have contributed to it. But then my one of my friends, her parents got divorced when she was like 16. So, you know, around the same age as Kelly and David. And she knew a whole lot more, right? Like she knew a lot more of the dirty laundry that was in that marriage. And so I wonder if David has known because, you know, it was, I think Jackie even says like it's only a year or something since they got together. So I wonder if David does know a little bit more about what his dad's been up to. Well, yeah. And she mentions that, you know, he's got a history of doing this in the past. So I wonder, you know, again, going back to their age, like, the only time we really talked about David's mom was when they were going to go 
was it Thanksgiving that they were going to spend with her? I think so. Or Christmas. Yeah. When they were going to go spend it with her because she like had pitched a fit and then they realized it was emotional manipulation. Mm-hmm. And yep. so that kind of makes me think maybe David knows exactly what happened, but he heard it from his mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very possible. I mean, yeah, you, you hear all sorts of stuff like when your parents are still like holding grudges and raw and like emotional from the whole thing you get one parent in this year another parent in the other year and the truth is nowhere close to what your parents are telling you um oh yeah because yeah, they're hurt yeah and like that's not a, you know an excuse or anything but I do wonder if we're gonna find out about that yeah yeah that could be hopefully really we'll see hopefully we'll see I hope so um but I guess <laughs> now that we've talked about the end of the episode <laughs> let's go all the way back to the beginning of the episode. We basically open up with Brandon standing at his lockers and he had a heal the bay sticker behind him. I did not notice. Is- <laughs> I'm looking now. It's my thing. I'm probably terrible at it, but I'm looking. Yeah, he had a heal the bay sticker behind him and he's looking up uh sports betting in his padfolio. Oh yeah. Yeah, forget the trapper keeper. He's got a pad folio. <laughs> I got so excited with the pad folio. And then Steve's coming up to him being like, oh, Super Bowl betting? And then you find out, no, it's basketball betting, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I feel like they're dropping some pretty heavy hints that Brandon's getting super into sports gambling. Oh, yeah. For because, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if Steve's coming up to him being like, oh, you're gambling on football, presumably, again, like that's just, you know, the again is kind of assumed. And then you look at it and it's some like insane basketball bet and Steve's like, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, and I mean, we recall, I think it was just last episode when Brandon went very quickly from like $100 to $1,500 or something like that. So yeah, it was, was that what it was? It was yeah, like, he was like, oh, I have $40. I think it was more than that. Cause I feel like he said the first one was $40 and the next one, oh, the next one was like 200. So yeah. I think Cause I think the total right. was supposed to be 1500. <laughs> Cause he's like, Steve math. Yeah. It's totally fine. You failed math. Just trust me. Yeah. Just ask Donna for your stock options later. Um, oh my gosh. If Jim <laughs> ever finds out, I want to see Jim do the math. Seriously, because he can. He proved it in this episode. Um, But yeah, so we've already seen kind of Brandon escalate, not just from betting in general to different sports, but like from the amount that he's willing to potentially put on the line. And so this episode is now like, okay, now he's doing basketball. Now he's like talking to Nat about a bookie or whatever. And now he's like using terminology because I think at one point like Nat gives 100 to that bookie guy. And Brandon's like, oh, yeah, just keep it because I'll just roll it. Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. He's using gambling terminology that I'm not privy to. (laughs) So, Well, and, you know, on top of that, the past times that we've seen him gamble, he's been doing it with friends. And now he's just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. He's not even doing it to be, like, social or whatever. I wonder if they tried to plant that seed back at the, uh, the poker party, poker thing, the Wienerblatt thing. Ross Wiederblatt. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking they really planted the seed at the the horse racing 
right? Yeah. But that's a good point. Maybe like that was when he learned about, you know, betting on other stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe he got that initial rush at the Ross Wienerblatt poker and chamber music. I'll never remember the whole thing. Yeah, I wonder. Because I mean, clearly... This has been a couple of episodes in a row, and, and this is definitely going to become a thing. And, and yeah, he's not even doing it with his buddies anymore. He's just doing it. So, uh-oh, Brandon, you're in for a wild ride, I'm sure. And I also think it's pretty interesting that, you know, we have Brandon. We have good boy Brandon. We have the white knight Brandon. So when he's doing all of this betting, you know – as an audience, we're picking up on like, oh, they're planting these seeds. He's slowly escalating. This is very clearly going to become a gambling problem. Also, we're watching 90210. Of course, it's going to become a gambling problem. Right. But, you know, Steve hasn't seen an issue with it. Nat is hooking him up with a bookie and not seeing an issue with it. And it does seem like Nat is kind of a second father figure to him and doesn't see any problem with it. Nat's the one that took him to the horse track and introduced him to this bookie. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of that natural progression where nobody really notices. And I mean, Brandon, I guess like to his credit, he's not making it seem like an issue, right? Like he's not, I mean, he's, he's doing it on his own. So he's not involving other people. I mean, he was involving Steve just because he didn't have the funds, but I guess he took his winnings and then has been winning ever since. But like, he hasn't really made it seem like he's really on the hook for something. He's not super stressed out. It almost just seems like he's having fun with it, which is really interesting just given everything we know about Brandon. Well, and like you were saying, when Nat goes to give the money to the bookie and the bookie's like, oh, just give it to this kid, you know, he's the one that won all of this. Brandon even says, at this point, I'm betting with your money, right? So, like, it's still really – you know, loose and fun and he's not out any money at this point. But what are we on? Episode 18, there's 23 in a season, right? 20 Typical no. season. <laughs> I was kidding. I realized as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, no, I think we're on like a 31 episode. Something like 30, that. Right at 30. Yeah, something like that. But I don't envision this crossing seasons yeah so we have time for this to blow up in Brandon's face I agree and there's gotta be a breaking point right like there's gotta either be somebody noticing and starting to bring attention to it or like notifying um Jim or Cindy or somebody or there's gotta be enough money on the line or something on the line for it to be a big deal. Like, that's what it's going to come to as a breaking point. Because I just don't, like you said, I don't see it spanning over a couple of seasons. Um, But there's enough time left in the season to, like, push him to that breaking point or make him hit rock bottom or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I can see it going a couple of different ways. Like, the first thing that popped in my head while you were talking was that, yeah, there's enough money on the line and he gets really, like – needy for it so he steals something from someone be it Mm. his parents or Nat or Steve you know something like that Um, or I remembered just now uh, remember when Dylan was going to that pool house and getting drunk during the day and like got taken by a pool shark so he got beaten up while Brandon was being held back Mm mm-hmm I could see that. I could see Brandon getting the shit kicked out of him. 
You know what I could also see, and I literally just thought of this. Remember who is out of prison. Who has a history of embezzling money. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> what like, if Dylan's trust fund is on the line? That's so <laughs> interesting. I, I oh don't remember. Gosh. I don't remember what happened, so I, I'm not spoiling anything. I but, mean, something um, is definitely going to happen with Jack. Like, the idea that he is getting out of prison and didn't tell his son already tells you that there's something up there. Guaranteed he told, um, what's her name? Christine. He's got her oh. lined up and ready. They're going to go get those, uh, oh my God, what are they called? I almost called them Big Belly Burgers. <gasps> We've been watching so much Arrow. Yes. <laughs> it's infiltrating you too. Now it's just going to seep into your dreams and then, who man. <laughs> Anyway, so you were going to say Big Belly Burger, which I love, but it's the – have you ever had the Mega Burger? Mega Burger, thank you. Not the Big Belly Burger. Um, yeah, Christine and Jack, they're definitely going to get a Mega Burger and never call Dylan again. Like, honestly, I would not be surprised if Jack gets out, like, is here for a couple of episodes to wreak havoc on Dylan's life because he's not already struggling enough in mm -hmm. this decision between Brenda and Kelly. And then he's just going to disappear again. Like I do not envision Jack becoming a constant on this show. I just yeah. can't. Yeah. I know what happens to old Jack McKay. So. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I kind of want to talk about like what happens with all the guys back in Beverly Hills before okay. we talk about the girls because the girls were just amazing. Because so basically the next thing that happens with them is that Dylan is at the peach pit eating. David's at the peach pit studying. Brandon's at the peach pit working. And Steve is at the peach pit trying to convince all of them to go out and look for babes with him. Mm -hmm. And the idea that Dylan was like, do you really think that meeting more girls right now is what I need? Or the last thing I need is to meet more girls, something like that. And I was just like, maybe that's exactly what you need. Yeah, like get get your mind off of the two that are here and that could potentially like screw everything up. Go find somebody new that you right. have no history with. And then I couldn't totally remember. I have no idea what episode it happened in. But wasn't there a time where I think it was Brandon and maybe Dylan where they were talking about like new babes, fresh babes? Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you remember that? I could yeah. not remember <laughs> what episode that was. God, was that wait, like wait. the was beginning it the, of season two, like or, summer? Or was it the um, the Halloween party at the frat house at the college where Donna dressed up like a mermaid? Maybe it wasn't that late. I don't know. I don't oh, remember. It was the poker party. They oh, like, yeah. It's like you said there would be babes, and it's my sister and Donna. <laughs> Fresh <laughs> and babes. Like, yeah, we meant new babes. Fresh babes. Yeah. But no, it still works here. They need new babes. They do need new babes. I mean, not David because he's got Donna and she's a treasure and she's too good for him still in my opinion. <laughs> but Steve and Brandon and Dylan are all single. Date outside the group. He never split the party. <laughs> I mean, technically that's exactly what they did in this episode. The girls went one place and David uh, – David. David. Yes, David David went somewhere else. Brandon went somewhere else. All of the boys just split off on their own. Yeah, there was like one 
there's only a couple of scenes where the boys were to not all of them, but some of the boys were together, and one of them, um, well, it comes a little bit later, so we I won't skip that far ahead. But basically, just some background before I get to the one scene I'm talking about is after that, uh, Jim's talking about going having to work all weekend, and he's like auditing this pop psychologist. Um, no, which, the pop psychologist is being audited. Which that's right. I guess Jim is a tax accountant that does both corporate taxes and individual tax. I mean, I guess the guy might have an LLC for his name, which is probably smart. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) I am really struggling with him because, yeah, it's like he's a tax accountant, but he's also just a business consultant in general. He's Chandler Bing. Nobody really knows what he does. He's a transponder. <laughs> He's a transponder. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not even a word. <laughs> All right. Jim is Chandler Bing. Perfect. Got that settled. But Chan- Matthew Perry was on the show. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's a different timeline. <laughs> <laughs> it's two seasons later. We don't even remember Matthew Perry. That's right. That's right. Number one boy, Matthew Perry. <laughs> But yeah, so he, the pop psychologist is being audited and Jim is having to work with him. And he writes this book, which as Mary astutely pointed out, is the name of the episode. And it's some book about, I guess, having a midlife crisis or whatever. And Jackie Taylor apparently thinks that every woman should read it. Yeah. So um, I looked at it because they kept talking about it over and over and over again and how popular this psychologist is right now. And this book was absolutely massive. It was so, like, it was too much, in my opinion, for a pop psychology book. But, I mean, apparently he had a lot to say. But, anyway, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus had just come out, like, the year this episode aired. So I was thinking that might be – where they took or maybe it was the year before but it had just come out around this time and like you know how popular that book was oh yeah for sure yeah i actually don't know what it's about at all i've never read it my parents owned a copy of it i have no idea if it did anything for them yeah my parents did too and then they got divorced five years later so <laughs> <laughs> so take that mr men are from mars women are from venus yeah, who the heck knows? I, yeah, I don't know what that book was about. Presumably the differences between men and women. Yeah, but they kept talking and I was like, I wonder if this is one of those things that they pulled from real life. I mean, I assume mm-hmm. everything in this is from real life, but like how much is from current events? Mm-hmm. You would think a, a decent bit. Mm-hmm. Like it would make sense yeah. to me. Yeah, so I'm kind of interested. That might be a new thing I start doing of like if there's something that – stands out in the episode like a book that is literally everywhere it's on sale at the spa you know maybe it's worth looking into what inspired it if we can figure it out yeah I also really loved how much effort it took to get Jim to say it did y'all notice that yeah it was like a weird um a weird back and forth dialogue like it was like pulling teeth I mean yeah no that's exactly what it was Because they ask if he's working that weekend, and then he says no, and then proceeds to tell them what he's working on all weekend. He was like, yeah, for this client. Who's the client? Oh, it's this pop psychologist. They wrote a book. What's it called? Oh, they wrote a book. 
What's it called? Yeah, it it's just showing that like Jim was already insecure or something about the book and automatically like it was like he was projecting or like trying to um put that out there but not put it out there. He's like, oh shit, if I say the name of this book, they're going to realize that I am midlife. <laughs> and see, I was over here being like, man, they really needed to get to 42 minutes, didn't they? Oh yeah, that's a good point. They already had that like um really long intro like they usually do but it felt longer did y'all notice in the intro was the music kind of different i don't know it just it felt a little less upbeat Hmm. i noticed that um after the main theme ended it was like a slower like a slowed down guitar solo-y version of the theme song yeah. Yeah. And usually I feel like it's just a little maybe yeah, it's a little faster or something mm-hmm. when they walk in. But I was like, this is a little sadder. I wonder if this is gonna be a sad episode. It's like slower and more bendy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they got John Mayer on the track. How old was John Mayer when this episode came out? Uh thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately. He's so old, guys. I think he's in his forties. Oh my god, he was born in 77. He's 42. So, my math, yeah, okay, 35. <laughs> Checks out. Six, 16. Jim, Jim, do this math for us in your head. Yeah, I can barely balance my checkbook. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Because basically, the whole point of Jim freaking out is because he's also working this weekend while Cindy's gone and Dottie will be there. And I got to be honest, I forgot about Dottie. I know. I wrote, I was like, oh, Dottie's still a thing? Yeah, totally forgot about her. I thought she was just going to be Jim's girl of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assumed they were going to write her off. And then, oh my gosh, when they bring her back up later in the episode when Jim is leaving to go to the office super late at night, I guess. And Brandon is just like, oh man, dad, you're going to be with Dottie? I was like, not a reaction I would have to my father. I mean, if he was gonna go and so inappropriate. Like, I don't know. I've watched a lot of TV, and I feel like, at least from a teen perspective, especially from a teenage boy perspective, you're like really protective of your mom. I don't know if like y'all have seen that either, but like, I just feel like if you thought like there's that, I guess, trope or I guess like storyline that usually happens where if there is infidelity in a in a um, in a marriage and there's kids involved, they're usually like hypersensitive to it or like really protective of their parents or something like that. And I'm just like, wait, so Brandon is encouraging his father to have a mistress against his mother. Well, and that was the thing is. That wasn't made very clear. You know, I have no problem with Brandon being a teenage boy and thinking Dottie's hot. I think that tracks for, you know, real life, fictional life, whatever. I think that totally makes sense. I think it makes sense for, you know, Jim to think about it. I don't necessarily want to see Jim think about it. Uh, But, yeah, I think what bothers me is the idea that Brandon is, like, doing the raised eyebrows like elbow nudge to his dad like it would just make so much more sense if he did that to steve or to dylan Mm -hmm. not his dad 
hundred percent. Like totally agree. Totally think it's fine. Just as you said it, totally fine if it was between him and his bros or whatever. But like the fact that he called his dad a stud and wiggled his eyebrows, I'm like, you have a mother and she's like, like, I put it in my own head and I was like, if my mom had a job and was going out every day and there was some super attractive, like, like my mom was a hairstylist. So say, you know, my mom worked in a salon and the guy at the front desk, Julio, is like a 25-year-old, like super attractive, looks really good in his all black that you wear at the style the salon. I wouldn't be like, yeah, mom, you go talk to Julio. I'd be like, yeah, mom, I'm going to go talk to Julio. <laughs> hey, mom, can you hook me up with Julio? Yeah. Not you. Not, not just yeah. nudge, nudge. Have fun cheating on dad today. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was, it felt so weird. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. And I would have said that regardless of who it was, by the way. If it was like Steve saying it to his mom or well, I, I don't we don't know his marital situa- his parents' marital situation, but like if it was, you know, Kelly saying it to Jackie or whoever. Oh my gosh. I didn't even put it together until now. Speaking of how this show does super weird parallel stories. Mel has been cheating on Jackie with people that he works with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then in the parallel story, Jim is fantasizing about cheating on his wife with a woman that he works with? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's the whole thing in the hallway of the spa when Cindy was all worried and Jackie's like, don't worry about it. Like, there's nothing you can do. Men are going to find younger women attractive, but, like, you, you're, y'all you are good. Meanwhile. Yeah. She's not so good. Which, like, yeah, by the way, like, people having these fantasies like I'm totally fine with again I don't really want to see them happen in Jim's mind's eye like I really do not need to see the actress climb on top of Jim Walsh I just don't need to see it absolutely not and why was that the second time they've done that to the audience (laughs) (laughs) like really we don't see that happen with Mel which to be honest we probably should have like I think I'd rather see it happen with Mel because he's not he's Jim. not Jim Walsh. <laughs> it's true. Like, oh, I kind of feel like I don't know. Like, so Caitlin, you're rewatching the show, but you've seen it before, but like a while ago. Mm-hmm. I kind of now that we're doing such a deep dive on it, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it once we finish it. Because I'm just having thoughts. I know. It's it's a 300-episode <laughs> undertaking. It's not something I should do. But do you remember when we would go to his office and he had that, like, receptionist or hygienist or whatever that would just, like, be there? Yes. I also remember the front desk receptionist who, like, said that David grew every time he showed yeah, up. But- that's what I mean. Like, there are women in this office. I don't remember if they were younger or, like, super attractive, whatever. I don't think it really matters No, uh, who they were. But I'm just curious now. Like, what are what are things that we could go back and pick up on that we had no idea about when we were sitting here being like, this show has no continuity. I want to <laughs> go back and be like, literally everything in this show is continuity and we're stupid. I'm just waiting for – like the whole new girl Winston prank of season seven or six or whatever the last season is 
where it starts in the very first episode of the season, but in this case, it's like pilot episode. <laughs> and then something finally comes to fruition at the very like series finale. I'm just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> we were at Dottie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then Jim goes to the office and that's where he does literally unbelievable fast math. I actually almost rewound the scene to redo the math on my own calculator because I was just like, I don't believe you, Jim. I don't either. They could have pulled a fast one on us. Like, they could have made some, like, hilarious joke, and I'd never know. Honestly, like, the fast math totally works out for what they were going for this scene, but all I could think of as an accountant myself was, like, <laughs> he would have his big-ass uh, calculator with the printer paper right next to him where he would have one hand doing all the math, and then it would print was- out, and he would just, like, rip it off and just be like – Here's your answer. And she'd be like, that was amazing. <laughs> that was such a like hard flex that you just did. Like <laughs> as an accountant myself. <laughs> you know what? It's not a thing I usually get to flex. <laughs> it would have been it would have been so much better had he been typing, because then Dottie could have been like, ooh, Jim, what else those fingers do? Oh, but no. like, you're sorry, that's <laughs> gross. But still. <laughs> But I mean, like, that's the thing, because, yeah, she could have been like, oh, you're so good with those fingers, because I think the next time you see them is when she comes in to give them him and the psychologist lunch, and she's like, oh, here's your noodles, and my favorite, sweet and sour baby lamb. I just got a like, full body ew. chill. Full body chill. <laughs> what the, why would you call it sweet and sour baby lamb? I don't want to eat that. <laughs> As opposed to an adult lamb? <laughs> That's not a thing. That's a sheep. (laughs) I'm so grossed out, right? Like, I think I need a shower. (laughs) But yeah, it was horrible. Mm -mm, Stop that. Um, I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to go back and check this, but I really want to believe that if you do that math on a calculator, it just says it spells boobs if you turn it upside down. <laughs> oh my or, god! Or it's just sixty nine. Yes. Nice. <laughs> like, now I'm just picturing that same thing where he does like the clickety clack with the one hand and the rips it off and hands it to her and is like, "Here's your answer." And she goes, "Boobs." <laughs> no, 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 boobies. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Flip it upside down. Yeah. It's not boobies. Yeah. What is 8008? <laughs> no, flip, flip it. Read it like it's a word. <laughs> and then she says it and he's like, oh my God, you're talking dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little too deep into Jim's accounting fantasies. Ugh. <laughs> I... I was about to try and make a ludicrous joke, but uh-oh, what's your fantasy? <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. I, it could have gone a million different directions. <laughs> I want to get you in the accounting office. No, I can't. Oh, I'm I trying so out. hard. I'm trying so hard. I'm <laughs> like some calculator. Um, <laughs> I, nope, I don't got it. Let's move on. We are white. <laughs> this is like me trying to sit and write a funny tweet where I just stare at it and I'm just like. Right. And then you there. like scroll later and you're like, that's what I should have said. And somebody's already like made the joke. And ah, oh, yeah. Been there gonna, too many times. 
Mary, make a note about this. When we release this episode, we'll release our ludicrous lyrics <laughs> about the accountant's office. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. I'll start now. <laughs> you have like a month. Go for it. Here we go. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. So fast math, complimenting, flirting, shameless flirt. No. Baby lamb. Ugh. <laughs> And then elsewhere with the boys is where, like, Dylan is trying to figure out which girl he's going to pick. Which, by the way, he says he's caught between a rock and a hard place. And which one do you think is which? Who's the rock and who's the hard place? Well, we know Dylan's Brenda's the, the rock. hard place. Ooh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> I actually totally missed what you said, but I saw you pointing down. <laughs> All I said was Dylan's the hard place. <laughs> and then, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know that's who when... would be the rock and who. Well, Brenda's the rock because yeah. up until now, she's been like the ride or die. And then Kelly's the hard place because she made the decision difficult. I don't know. No, I think that's fair. I think that works. I think, yeah, she'd do. be the hard place because technically she's the one that he cheated with. Mm-hmm. So, like, if she hadn't have been there, it would have just been Brenda and Dylan and no problem. Yeah. I, I agree. think that works. But, yeah, because he's trying to figure out which one he should be with, and this is when he fantasizes about being with Brenda, and for some reason, they have roughly a thousand children with more on the way. So many children. So many children. Like, y'all. <laughs> and it was like every – yeah, I think we talked about this earlier – but they're also still in Casa Walsh. So they just moved back into Jim and Cindy's house, have 14,000 kids, and Dylan has a belly. And I know. He's wearing Jim's shirts. <laughs> well, that was the best. But, like, yeah, it seemed like he basically saw in this future with her that, I don't know, I guess they get married, get pregnant right away, and then need to move into Casa Walsh. With Jim and Cindy, so then Jim gets him a job at the accounting firm, and then he slowly morphs into Jim. While Plus, Brenda just it's keeps all, getting pregnant. It's all <laughs> because Brenda made him go to college. Oh, right? you're right. <laughs> I wrote that down, and I was like, why does he think he's an accountant when he's with Brenda? And I was like, oh, because she made him go be a businessman. But How that's dare like- she- so ridiculous because that's so obviously not what Brenda wants because she got all upset when Rick was like I want to be an accountant and your dad is my hero and she was just like and I'm out and boy bye (laughs) it's not me it's you and my dad (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just can't believe they had like I counted four but Uh, then five five plus one in the belly good I couldn't decide if it was two sets of twins or quadruplets. Ooh. They all look the same age, so my brain went to quadruplets. Yikes. Like, like, I'm sure it is a total myth and not true at all, but isn't it a whole thing that twins skip a generation? Mm-hmm. Apparently. Like, I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> How every time they have kids, it's just like, well, I guess that's two more. Literally. Oof. It was so bad. And I thought it was, I mean, now I'm just going to compare the two, I guess, because like his um, little imagination of his life with Brenda, it was a lot shorter than his with Kelly. It was like, it's kind of weird. 
and maybe this was just like coincidence or just something random but it just felt like there was more plot or like more development in the dylan and kelly future than it was dylan and brenda because it literally was just like chaos with brenda and it was dylan yelling dylan fat dylan having like to see the mess in the house brenda coming down she's got a baby here a baby in the belt like it just all seemed chaotic and all it was about was chaos and then you see his little dream thing of him and kelly and it's still chaotic because like they're broke right and she kelly is just buying everything but it was just like more drawn out more like look we can't go to our normal vacation spots you can't buy all these clothes because now we're broke and then they have like an actual conversation and he like gets out the jewelry and says it's brenda's or she kelly says it's brenda's birthstone so that she's still holding he's still holding some flame for brenda which like oh my gosh before we even get into that i thought it was really funny that these fantasies feel so clearly what a teenage boy thinks adulthood is like (laughs) yeah true because like in his mind kelly did not grow up like brenda went right into having babies so it's not like she grew up either Mm -hmm. but then yeah kelly is going and maxing out her credit cards and not paying any attention to money and i just don't see that that would be either of them I agree. Yeah, it's like an over-dramatized, but it's also the fact that he, Dylan, sees himself as being almost like the one to like, I guess, provide and like hold up, like be the adult in the relationship or something. I don't know. That was kind of weird too because like he doesn't really see himself as an adult, I don't think. I mean, he's been on his own for a while, but still. Well, and like he sees himself as – I. What's the right word? Like the passive person in these relationships. Mm-hmm. Like he comes home to chaos that he, you know, had nothing to do with. And then Kelly's the one that's maxing out their cards, even though he went and bought a giant emerald and diamond necklace, which I love that she calls that out. It was just like, that's Brenda's birthstone. You still have a thing for her. It's like, why would she remember that? But also it's not her birthstone. <laughs> I know. Oh Brenda is a Scorpio and emeralds are May. I meant to look. I think I could be totally making this up. I think in the pilot when they look at her driver's license to change the dates on it, I think that one might be the May birthday. So they've just oh, come up with right. two different birthdays, but we've never seen them have a May birthday. We have or a fall mm-hmm. birthday. Just Christmas? No. Yeah, because I think Iris is the one that says she's a Scorpio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm curious if they'll get a birthday this year because technically this should be their 18th birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll I want see. a birthday episode. I would love a birthday episode. The only ones we've gotten were Steve being super sad, mm-hmm. Dylan not getting to vote, and then Donna sitting on a creepy Santa. <laughs> Yeah. Birthdays weren't great at 90210. Yeah, and Aaron getting filmed on her first day of life by (laughs) David. (laughs) Oh, no, she blinked. I have to do it again. Poor baby Aaron. (laughs) Poor baby Aaron. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there was one thing. There's one thing I want to mention about the – I don't know if you guys noticed. It was in the imagination of Dylan, future Dylan and future Kelly. Did you notice at one point, like – it was pretty much right when Kelly comes home, she puts down all the shopping bags, 
walks to the table that Dylan's at and kind of leans over. She's speaking, but whatever she's saying does not line up with what her mouth is saying. Like the word, the the sound and the mouth did not match up. Oh, I didn't notice that. It it wasn't even close. That's interesting because I feel like when we've seen them have to ADR stuff, we haven't noticed that. Yeah, it's mostly been like you can clearly tell it was ADR because of sound. Like they're at the beach or it's really windy. They're on a bus. Yeah. But this was like Jenny Garth in the scene said something. It was like one of those Japanese silent films or, or like Japanese kung fu movies or whatever where it's like just a bad dub. Yes. Yeah. It it was crazy. Like it it makes me wonder if it was like originally said something worse or maybe something not approved for broadcast. I don't know. I don't know. It was just I was just like, "Wait. What?" <laughs> and I like rewound and I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't match up at all." Yeah, cuz I was just trying to think about ADR technology, but I mean ADR is just watching the scene and re-saying your lines. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily changed. I don't know. That's an interesting one. I totally missed that. Probably because I was writing about Dylan cutting up the credit cards. Probably. That was just the thing. And then I think right before he has the fantasy about being with Kelly is when David comes into the peach pit because he has to study for his tests and he asks Brandon for a pot of coffee and then I don't remember the accent that Brandon used. Oh, it's Irish. Okay. He is eating up his screen time. (laughs) And I was dying. Like, Davey, me boy. Davey, me boy. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he can, but not from me. I I can't do it. I'm so sorry. Uh, But no, this felt very like answering the phone and like shooting the phone out with his arm and then flicking the towel and then (laughs) writing on the pad. I was like. Man, Jason Priestley knows how to chew up the scenery. It's true. I mean, at first I was like, what is happening? And then it kept going. <laughs> I like it so much. <laughs> it was so long. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why doesn't he do accents all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this was so much better than him being like, oh, yeah, dad, raised eyebrows. Go see that 20-something. Like, totally. Just – and I think it's like this is something that Jason Priestley was doing. I don't know. I really can't tell you. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And and I did not have a quote of the week because I didn't feel like any particular quotes were that quotable. But I had a moment of the week, and that was it. It was absolutely Brandon doing his Irish accent. No, it was so funny. So I funny. Um, I think that's pretty much everything I have about the boys, other than. When Jim fantasizes about kissing Dottie, I was just like, oh, I see where Brandon learned how to kiss. Ooh, yeah, Cindy, too, though. <laughs> it reminded me of the time she kissed Glenn or whatever, and they were just oh, I like, forgot about that. Moving their faces against each other. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's really it. Like, Dottie leaves after they have their weird kissing. Because she comes in and, like, starts saying the exact same things that happened in his fantasy. And then he's like, we can't do this. And she's like, I'm quitting. (laughs) Bye. And then Brandon bet a ton of money on a game and won't tell anybody how much money he bet. And then we find out about Jack McKay getting out of prison without telling his family. Yeah, because that was, um, that was, like, the last scene. And it was, like, at the very end of the basketball game. 
And Brandon's like, no, 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 I got to see what happens. And Dylan's freaking out. And then, yeah, you find out all my Lanta, Jack McKay, is out of prison and didn't tell his sweet baby boy. Yeah, I can't wait until he shows up next week and is a total D-bag. Yeah. I mean, like, ugh, he's just the worst. And he's going to have that weird, like, cowboy accent and not looking <laughs> yeah. forward to it. He does I've been in weird. prison so long, boy. Boy. Dylan, Dylan, fetch me my mega burger. <laughs> Call up Christine. <laughs> I need some snugs. I don't know. I need some sweet loving. Where's my whiskey? I need my whiskey and my cuddles. <laughs> boy. <laughs> Oh my god. Yo, we've been talking for an hour and we haven't even talked about the main story. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the main story is a girl's trip to the spa and it's supposed to be Brenda and Cindy, Kelly and Jackie, and then Donna and Felice. But Felice gets sick and has to drop out so they convince Andrea to go. And I've never been happier. <laughs> Of an excuse to bring Andrea into something. Do you remember all the, like, uh, maybe not all the points, but, like, a lot of the points that they were making to try to convince Andrea to go were so, like, they knew they knew their audience. They knew who they were speaking to. They're like, you know, things are environmentally friendly, and it's cheap, and it's this, and it's that. And it's, you know, they it was just all the points they were making were so tailored to Andrea, and I love that so much. <laughs> And Andrea goes so she can write a story about it in the blaze. Like, about what? (laughs) Just go have fun. God, Andrea. (laughs) And later when she's like, oh, what if I take a yoga class at 5 a.m. and then I can have my massage and then I can do this and then I can take a, you know, structured stroll through the Arboretum and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. What are you going to write about? I know. When will you have time to take all of these notes to put into an article in The Blaze that you think people would want to read? I know. Half the people who read The Blaze would be like, yeah, I've already been there. I do not care. Yeah. I do love that that's her train of – like, because that is one thing. Andrea is so unapologetically her. I love it so much. Oh, I loved it. And every time everyone was just like, Andrea, 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 just relax. I just wanted to be like, I feel this on a deeper level. And this is how she relaxes. Yeah. Seriously. I need structure in my vacations. Yeah. It's so funny, though, because they like that one scene where all the girls were doing their various workout equipment, whether it was like the Stairmaster or the bike the or whatever. And then they show Andrea, and she's, like, trying to do a weird resistance band and Stairmaster at the same time. It was a Nordic track. Oh, was it? Yep. <laughs> That's my... Yep. I know what things are that are in the gym. Oh, my parents <laughs> had one. But that was, like, that whole scene where they started out on Donna and, like, moved down the line. I was like, this is the most male gazy thing I have ever seen in my life. But then they got to Andrea, and I was like, I mean, I'm totally okay with it because I get it. That's literally me in the gym. Everyone else is like, you go down the line of treadmills and everyone else looks normal. And then you get to me and I'm just like. (sighs) 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 Yeah, you'd probably see me on like on one of the machines and like I do a weird thing where I lift one arm up and then the other and then I just fall out of it somehow. Like I'm thinking total Melissa McCarthy physical comedy style, like flip around where you just fall. 
Oh, good times. No, it it all totally worked. And then, yeah, so while they're at the spa, like, before that, when they're all sitting on the couches, I think that's when Jackie and Cindy come back because I guess they've, like, checked everyone in and they're going to go sign up for their stuff. And Babette comes over to say hi to Jackie and, like, oh, my gosh, so great to see you. We'll have to catch up. I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then – you pan over to Kelly and Breda, who are best friends again, which Jackie and Cindy do mention earlier in the episode. And I just – I love it. I love it so much. And, like, also side note, I love that the moms are so aware that, like, this friendship is hanging on by a thread because as soon as Dylan makes a decision, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, pan back over to the spot. That's when Kelly tells Brenda – that Babette used to be her mom's coke dealer. Yikes. And yeah, it's like primed for either a relapse or a a potential relapse or just, again, showing that, you know, the relationship between Kelly and Jackie is still somewhat unstable, right? It's, you know, come so far. Um, But the fact that Kelly knows who her coke connection is, you know, number one, and then number two that she's here at this place where she's supposed to relax and she's been doing such a great job and, um, you know, everything's going so well and all that. Now there's that added fear. So yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's been just about two years that Jackie has been sober this time. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time, but we don't know about Kelly's childhood. Like, her mom could have been sober for like five years and then gone off the deep end again. Like there's there is a level of trust that I think Kelly and Jackie are gonna have to work really hard for. And it totally makes sense that if she sees this level of temptation of like, you know, this woman's right here. I know who she is. I know she pushes drugs on people. Like mm-hmm. there's a really good chance that I lose my mom this weekend. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you're wow, you're so right. Like, talk about stressful right I mean and she's supposed to be at a spa exactly like I can't even imagine what would be going through her head at that moment because I don't know man yeah I didn't I didn't think about like that honestly Kelly genuinely has a shitty weekend because the next time we see them is they're getting ready to go in for their spa with uh Mary what did you call her like talky long fingers or something (laughs) uh Chatty long fingers, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like daddy long legs, but chatty long fingers. <laughs> I'm singing Pippi Longstocking. Yes. Oh my God. So yeah. good. Chatty long fingers. You're supposed <laughs> to have a relaxing massage. I have not had many massages in my life, but every massage I have had, no one says anything. Like they are silent. They like, you know, put essential oils on their hands and then like wave them over your face Mm -hmm. and that's like the true amount of interaction other than the actual like massaging your back yeah because then they like say something like okay now turn over to your tummy or like (laughs) like yeah very soft and like there's music in the background and like I fall asleep every time so Oh, I don't. I, the reason I have not had a lot of massages in my life is because every time I go, I try and move myself for them, and they'll like go to turn my head to the, so they can massage my temples, and I'm just like, I'll do it. And they're like, No, no, you're supposed to be relaxing. I will move your body for you. And I'm like, But what about my temples? 
Do you need them? Do you want me to lift myself up? I'll just do the massage. See, I'm too trusting. Me, mm-hmm. I'm I like I go in there and I get ready and I'm on the table and it's I don't fall asleep instantly, but I've like now I'm floating over my own body just like here I go. I'm trusting you're going to do whatever and it's going to feel great and I trust you completely. And then yeah, I do fall asleep because it's that relaxing also. Two other things about the massage. One, fluorescent lighting was on. You never have a massage in fluorescent lighting. That no. is not <laughs> that is not like relieving stress. That's adding stress. Number two, can I please do a couple's massage with my friend? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I was like, this is cute. So cute. I want to do that because Nate has told me he will not do a couple's massage with me no matter what I try to say or do. He will not. So I need a friend to go with me to get a couple's massage. I'll go with you. John would actually be really annoyed if I went because we do couple's massages. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. I'll, I'll go with you. Yes. Can we do a throuples massage? <laughs> is that a <laughs> thing? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> I mean, it's I not like they've ever been asked that before. <laughs> I feel like they have to have because it's not like we're asking them to do any sort of romantic thing. We're just like all three of us are going to be naked in a room and you're going to massage us. I don't see what the problem is. Don't ask questions. Just do it. (laughs) If we hold hands the entire time, it's totally fine. (laughs) Just just don't worry about it. Especially after they like do massage your hands. Our hands would just be (laughs) (laughs) flipping. (laughs) Try to reach out and (laughs) can't even hold on. Oh, that would be so cute and hilarious. Like, in this one, you know, she's doing these massages and the other masseuse, like, pulls out a Walkman and is just like, God, this bitch again. (laughs) Yeah, if this, um, what was this place called? I don't even remember. It was called. I have literally no idea. I didn't write it down. The (laughs) spa. Yeah, the spa. This is the spa. And you would think the spa would have comment cards or like ways to review your masseuse or something like that. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have those back then. Do you think if somebody left a comment card for Chatty Longfingers, they'd be like, Emily, (laughs) we've talked to you about this. Shut the trap, Emily. (laughs) She does it so many times. And then I think it's the same one. Like they're talking to Kelly later and like making her feel bad about her body and like oh we'll work on your problem parts I was like what problem parts what a bitch like let's be real we all have things about our body we hate personally but then there are some things that are objectively something that's not quote unquote perfect right like acne or you have big pores or like something that if you get a facial they will tactfully say, hey, by the way, I notice you've got some sensitivity here or here. And then they give you a way to combat it. Not, you look gross and you have a problem and we're going to talk about it. Like, that's not that's not how it's handled. Yeah. And the, the obnoxious thing is that it wasn't anything specific. It was just like, don't worry, we'll work on your problem areas. And then you get a really sad Kelly looking in the mirror being like, well, fuck, which, which is the problem? And then noticing things about herself that she doesn't like that she probably never thought about before. A hundred percent. That That's fucked up and mean, and I hate chatty long fingers. I hate chatty long fingers. Because, like, 
this is another one that I think they're I hope they're building up to something because if this doesn't pay off and Kelly just has, you know, horrible feelings about her body for the rest of her life that we don't get some sort of payoff and resolution for, I'm gonna feel so bad. But I mean, like a couple of episodes we had her being like, No, I can't have dessert. Do you know how many calories are in that? And then they didn't really talk about it again. And now this woman's commenting on her trouble zones. And then they go to lunch with Donna and she's just like, Donna, are you bulimic? It's like, Ugh. what is going on in this poor girl's brain? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because the thing is, too, is like Donna is the tiniest one of the bunch. But, yeah, I mean, teenage girls still have really high metabolism. So, you know, it is absolutely valid that Donna wouldn't have an eating disorder and that she really does just have a high metabolism. But also the fact, like to your point, that Kelly was even thinking that that's a possibility for not just her – but for one of her friends, is scary. Yeah. Well, and she's like putting it in other people's heads. She was like, Andrea, do you think that she has an eating disorder? Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff. And like, I don't remember the exact math she did, but I think she said that the lunch was going to be like under like about 700 calories for that meal. And like, okay, yeah, if you eat 700 calories for every meal, but maybe Donna didn't have breakfast or, you know, you guys did go work out. Like, there could be a yeah. totally valid reason. Maybe lunch is just her biggest meal of the day. Like, everything is totally fine. But now Kelly has this really skewed perception of bodies that we're starting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're planting seeds here, I think. Like, with yeah. Brandon's – like, Brandon's going to have a gambling addiction, obviously. And now Kelly is going to have body image issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they could take that in a number of ways, but yeah, I, I mean. honestly, the only reason I want it to be a thing is because I feel like if they plant these seeds, that means at some point it's going to pay off. And if it pays off, that means that she gets help for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's literally the only reason where I'm like, okay, I'm seeing it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Let's go. Well, and it's, like, I think extremely relatable, too. So it's, like, if they do do it justice, then it's fine because it's something that I feel like a lot of teenage girls can relate to. I hate that they can relate to it, but I feel like they can. And, I mean, even, like, us, like, we've talked about this a lot about how even still today, like, we have, like, major body issues, you know, with ourselves. And it's just stuff that doesn't go away, right? I mean, I think it can. And I think a lot there's a lot of people out there that have just this crazy self-esteem and, like, um you know, really high self-confidence. And I'm so envious of that. But I think, you know, it's important to relate to your audience, but then to your point, have it pay off. Let her have the help she needs. Like, don't make it like a cry for help. Make it something where somebody recognizes it, you know, she's able to get the help she needs or, or whatever it is. But, um, and like, show the payoff of it. Like we should, when Brenda, you know, had PTSD from being robbed and they showed her going to therapy, like, you know, we don't have a continued payoff of her continuously seeking therapy, but we know that, you know, they address those feelings and that she went and started to get treatment for it. So like, you have to show a payoff, especially if you're going to be a show like this, that, you know, so many young viewers watch. And like you said, like so many viewers identify with. Like, if you feel bad about yourself and you see someone on TV feel bad about themselves and then they self-treat it by, you know, having an eating disorder or, you know, lashing out at other people, like, people pick up from TV. 
Mm-hmm. There's no reason that people watching the show wouldn't be like, oh, I didn't realize bulimia was a thing. Like, I guarantee that's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see how it pays off. Mm-hmm. And but then you see Jackie sitting out on the patio with I guess it was Babette. I didn't really pay attention to Babette's face. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, like, that was her. she was she was just generic woman. <laughs> um, but her and her and Jackie and Cindy and they're like, oh yeah, you remember all those super coked out days? But then <laughs> Jackie's like, no. <laughs> But, I, yeah, my favorite part of that was Jackie being like, well, I'm sober now. I have a daughter. I'm not that anymore. I, I didn't really like that she said she was Mrs. Mel Silver. I feel like that's an erasure of her own identity. But, mm-hmm. like, I liked her being like, that. that's not me anymore. I don't do those things anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, because it's all about the growth, right? It's one thing to show that Jackie did have a drug addiction and an alcohol addiction and that she, you know, put it behind her, but it's another to show it and and have her acknowledge it and acknowledge that this is a better time in her life and that she's happier and all that. Because again, that helps trickle down to her relationship with Kelly and eventually it'll help with her relationship with baby Aaron too. Um, and probably reinforce the relationship between Kelly and Aaron because she knows that the you know, that Aaron came out of love between her, Jackie and Mel and she was in a good place when it happened and like all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's just, it's completely clear. And I really appreciate that this is the payoff we're seeing from Jackie's um, uh, addiction issues. Yeah. And one, it's a continued payoff. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier when she shows up at almost two o'clock in the morning and she tells Kelly, like, I was basically sitting in this woman's room in front of a pile of coke and it was really tempting, but that's not me anymore. And I turned away mm-hmm. and that's not how I'm going to handle this. Like, I I like that they're showing all that. I think it's really important that they acknowledge, like, it's not just that she's just sober now and she's just good. Like, there are mm-hmm. still temptations and she basically, like, went up to the edge without going over. Yeah, Totally. Also, there was hella boom mic in that scene. I saw it too. I wrote it down. Because it was just like, like <laughs> popping in every two seconds, it felt like. Yeah, because they like zoomed out and everyone's talking and it was like the end of the scene. And it was supposed to be really great. And then it was just like, bloop. <laughs> just I was like, just what there. is that, a bird? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this boss yeah. so full of crows? yeah no because like the next like three lines of my notes are in all caps starting with boom mic because right after that is when brenda goes to get her facial and she walks past andrea talking about how she feels like sushi not that she's ever had sushi but this is what sushi must feel like (laughs) she's so cute i love her so much so cute but yeah she's going to get her facial and Chatty Longfingers comes in again and is telling the exact same story to somebody else, which, like, I get, you know, sometimes people in the service industry have, like, stories that they talk about, but not when you're working at a spot where people are trying to relax. Right. Like, do it on your break or, like, when you're not around customers. Like, I feel like it would make more sense if you, you know, worked in a salon doing hair or mm-hmm. doing nails or something. Like, that's still relaxing, but it's... 
I feel like going and getting a massage or doing a facial or something, like the facial like Breda has, is supposed to be more meditative and totally. not talky-talky. But so maybe don't name names. Yeah. Like, what the hell was that? Where she was just like, yeah, my friends are passing Mel Silver around. Mel Silver. Did I say his A name was A married man. From Beverly Hills. Do you know how many people from Beverly Hills go to this spa? Seriously. Like, all women. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just scumbag. I just wrote I just, scumbag. I just hate it. I mean. I hate it so much. I don't. I don't get the point. I really don't get the point. Well, it's it's like I was saying when I listened to the uh, Beverly, the 90210 show, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and they were saying, you know, they had Felice cheat and then realized that they didn't need infidelity from Felice because they had it elsewhere. And, like, this is a pretty big one. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you didn't need it from Felice if you are going to do this to me. Exactly. I'm so bummed about it, and I'm not looking forward to – like you know next episode or whenever because mm-hmm. I assume we have to see Mel again we have to see David react to this and you know I think Brian Austin Green can handle it and I'm actually you know looking forward to see him act it out mm-hmm. but this is gonna be really rough yeah and like similarly to what we talked about with the kind of trickle down effect that Jackie's happiness and well-being does to Kelly and Aaron imagine what this is gonna do for David I mean this would be his mother, he, Mel gets divorced from his mother and then is with Jackie for like a year. And then we presu- I can assume that they're going to break up. I'm not spoiling anything because I don't really remember. But like the fact that there's already turmoil in another mother-like figure in David's life, like that's not good. David needs a mom. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, like Jackie says, I don't know what's going to happen. Like we might get through it. We might not. But mm-hmm. I'm going to do it sober. and. Yeah, like, how are the kids going to go through this? Kelly's been through, what, four divorces in her oh life? God. I think Mel was her – Jackie was – Mel was Jackie's fifth husband, I believe. I might get the math a little wrong. But, like, you get yeah. the point. And then, yeah, like you said, David has only had Jackie in his life for a year, and I think he's feeling really comfortable with her. I mean, he lives in mm-hmm. the house with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and definitely loves Aaron. And he's finally, like, gotten to a point with his sort of friendship with Kelly where it's not all super weird all the time. Mm-hmm. And they actually talk to each other like siblings might. Yeah. I mean, I presume I'm an only child. Like, I guess that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they talk to each other like really good friends do. Because, I mean, in the next scene is when Brenda has to tell Kelly about this. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm not saying that, you know, David would be interchangeable into this, but, like, basically this entire thing from when Brenda tells Kelly to when Kelly tells Jackie, like, it's a bunch of solid relationships back to back to back. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, And I guess, like, my comment on that is just, for as much as I don't like this plot point that, it's cheating again because I just hate cheating. I do love that we get these opportunities to see um, Shannon and Jenny go there emotionally. Because um, even though this this wasn't the most dramatic scene we've ever, we've ever seen on the show by far, but 
it just gives them that opportunity to really play in the space and like react how you know like have the freedom to really go there and I just they're so good at it I think these two ladies are probably two of the best if not the best in the show personally in my opinion oh yeah I thought they absolutely crushed this and like you know I think it would have been really easy to not do these lines well like, mm-hmm. this is a really emotional thing, and you have to show that emotion without overdoing it. And I think they, like, they crushed it. I literally, yeah. my note says, thank goodness the show has Shannon and Jenny. Yeah. They're great. They're, I know there's been all those rumors about Shannon and stuff behind the scenes and how she was to work with, and I just don't see it. Like, there hasn't been proof yet in the scenes that she's delivered especially in the emotional ones for me to really fully a hundred percent believe that she had issues delivering lines or or like messed them up on purpose or whatever the the rumors are because she just kills it and maybe this this was take 75 I don't know but still like I don't know they're just great yeah because like I the what I've heard is that she's been she was difficult off screen. Like she would go and like redo her makeup and redo her hair and change her outfits without telling anybody. Like I think the official reason she's fired off the show is for getting a haircut mid season. She like, pulled I, a Felicity. Yeah, but and, Felicity did it on purpose. Like yeah, they showed right. it on the show. And then I guess like Shannon just did it without getting it cleared with anybody. And that's the official reason that she was off the show. I could be totally wrong. Like who knows if what I'm reading is real because I feel like there's so many rumors that go back and forth about that whole thing. But mm-hmm. the, yeah, when they needed her to read a line right, she showed up, she did it. She was perfect. Yeah. And I mean, this really proves it. And yeah, cause basically from here on out, anything that they're in and more so Kelly, because Kelly is the main focus here. Like, it's just great. I loved that they called David and basically did research. Like they fact checked it of like, where is he? Have you seen him? I need you to ask the nanny if she's seen him. When was the last time he came home? And like all of that before even going and talking to Jackie. Which is, again, another feather in the cap of this relationship because she knows that this could be catastrophic news. Right. This could be something that right now we're already in big temptation island at the spa with Babette just lurking around the corner, ready to just give Coke away. And so she knows, like, I got to get this right. I can't I can't just say this because I heard it from someone. Right. I have to get this right. I have to get as many facts as possible, because if I say this, this could be a bombshell and this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Luckily, it doesn't. But I think just understanding the the weight of the news or the weight of what's happening um just again just great I thought man the writers killed it this episode yeah and I mean remember when Jackie found out she was pregnant and it went through at least what Kelly Donna David then to Mel and it just blew up in everybody's faces and Jackie was just like you can't do that yeah talk about a change like think about that episode compared to this episode man yeah, no, it's it's this insane growth. And then, yeah, Kelly has to go find her mom at dinner with all of these people having a glass of wine. 
Mm-hmm. And like you said, like they're on Temptation Island. Like this woman has Coke. One glass of wine could lead to two glasses of wine could lead to finishing off the bottle and, you know, having a nightcap by the pool. Then going up to the room, we're like, oh, look at all this Coke that's just been on the table. How did this get here? You should help me clean it up with your nose. Yeah. Like it's – yeah, it's a precarious, you know – at the risk of bringing up another episode, it's a tightrope. Like, she could fall off at any time. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. And I loved the scene where, like, Kelly took her out to the pool and Jackie was like, are you bringing me out here because I had a glass of wine? I promise you I'm fine. I just need you to trust me. And then they, like, kind of move into the background and the music takes over so you can't hear what they're saying. And mm-hmm. then you just see them standing there. And then they sit. And then, like, Jackie basically just stays there for hours. Yeah, this was a perfect choice. Because um, we, the, the audience, the viewer, we already saw the conversation go down, you know, between, like, Brenda finding out, then Brenda and Kelly, and then Kelly and David talking and things like that. So we we know, but Jackie doesn't. And I just, I love this choice to start out the conversation fade out the dialogue, bring up the music, have them be in the background, and then just show Kelly being supportive, right? It's Kelly, you know, kind of getting down at, like, eye level and then, like, you know, going in for, like, a hug and all. Like, it was just such a great choice. It's It shows so many different things, like the support. Um, it honestly shows Kelly being the rock in her and Jackie's relationship, not the hard place. Um yeah, I mean, as much as I wanted to kind of hear the dialogue and hear what was going on, I just thought the choice was perfect. It was a great choice. Well, and frankly, there might not even have been dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell her, like, this woman was talking about, you know, two women that she knows are sleeping with Mel Silver. I called David. I know that Mel hasn't been home all weekend. You know, we already know all of that. So, yeah, we didn't need to hear it. But then there's really not too much else to say. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, the next scene that we see with Jackie is her sitting by herself by the pool at one o'clock in the morning. So it might even have been that Kelly sat with her and just like kept her company. And then she was like, I need some time. Like, I just want to be by myself. You can go mm-hmm. up to bed. I'll be there soon. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then we see stupid Babette come along and is like, hey, come party with me because I used to be your Coke dealer or whatever it was. And um, yeah, no, yeah. she. She was honestly a really good Coke dealer. She was like, oh, here at your lowest. <laughs> right? I know exactly what to give you. Like, Gosh. Damn it. This woman's good. I know. But not good enough Mm-mm. because Jackie walks away. And then, you know, they have a follow-up conversation in their room, which just upset me that Jackie was basically like, I know that Mel has done this before. Like, he did this to his last wife. I don't really know why I expected it to be different. And then they talked about how it was genetic, and I was just like, I swear to God. I know. Like, we all need to stop. Yeah, I mean, once a cheater, always a cheater for Mel's case. Um, Yeah, let's hope it doesn't go down to David and be genetic. David already cheated on Donna. Well, you're right, you're right. right. He made out with Nikki. Because that was my thing, is I was like, I swear to God, if he cheats on Donna. And then I had to amend my note to be like, again. Because I realized... He did make out with Nikki and tried to hide it from her. And it was so sad when Kelly was like, why do men cheat? You know, why isn't, I think she says, why isn't one woman ever enough? And 
like, I don't want to try to say that women don't cheat on men or women don't cheat on other women or what, or whatever the case may be. Cause I know it happens. It absolutely does, but it does sometimes feel a little skewed that men do most of the cheating, at least in terms of like going to a younger woman or it's like a, you know, a longer marriage or something like in the whole premise of this episode's case. And it's like all these younger women, like you just get to the point where you feel like you can't compete because for some reason, older men are desirable but older women are not, you know, like I, it's such a weird, weird stigma that because think about it, like you see like, I don't know, men in their late 40s and 50s getting like late 20s and early 30s women, but you don't usually see that flipped. And I think that's where a lot of that stems from. And that's just kind of crazy to think about. But anyway, yeah, it is sad that she thinks because she's already got this bad stigma in her mind about relationships, I think, because obviously her dad took off her mom's on her a millionth husband, it feels like now Mel's cheating. She even cheated, you know, with Dylan on Brenda, like, it's just, it's not great. It's not great. No, things are not going well for Kelly. I mean, like, at the risk of cheapening the whole thing, like the next day when they're leaving, she's just like, I'm not in a shopping mood. And that's supposed to show you, you know, <laughs> Kelly's not okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kelly is in front of a sales rack with her best friend saying like, oh, red's a really good color on you. Let's find you something in red. And she's just like, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, because like it's it's for many reasons, right? It's because like she's thinking about her problem areas. She's thinking about her stepdad cheating on her mom. She's thinking about her mom potentially almost relapsing. Like all this crap right now is not good. She's thinking about the fact that she might lose her best friend come New Year's um, or, or whenever the deadline was. You know, like there's just – I wonder if now I'm like, are they going to explore that more? Are we going to see the fallout from all of that? So – I mean, I feel like we have to. They've, mm -hmm. they've got 12 episodes. They've got time to fill. It's true. They do. Give me everything. <laughs> but then, you know, truly on a lighter note, you know, everyone else is going through all of this. Meanwhile, Andrea has a suitcase full of free samples. <laughs> I loved it. That was wonderful. If Yeah, if it wasn't Brandon's Irish accent, it would have been this. As was, my moment of the week. <laughs> it was so cute. I was like, I am dying. This is perfect. I love that she's just like, I have all of these serums and look at these lotions. Donna, do you want this one? You can try it. Like, and also she's like, the ones with the pink cap are for sensitive skin. <laughs> no, she's so cute. So good. And that's it. Next week we'll see them go back to Beverly Hills and everyone will have to face up with what they did this weekend. Yeah, guaranteed we see Jack McKay because... That was the cliffhanger of this episode. I swear to God, I, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. But that's next week. Mm -hmm. What did you rate this episode? I forgot to give it a grade, but um, I, I mean, I, I would probably, honestly, like, I'm trying to think about it. I, I might give it an A or an A minus. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it an A. Yeah. Just I gave it an A minus with, like, mm -hmm. a backup B in case – we talked about it and it wasn't as good as I thought it was, but I didn't think that was going to happen, honestly. Yeah. Like, I really thought y'all were going to like it as much as I did because mm -hmm. um, I gave it an A- minus for avocado slices. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't know what my A would be for. Um, let's see. Yeah, because you got it? Yeah. It's the uh, A for accountant flex. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ouch. Amortization. No, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, amortization in your head. I just, that made me laugh so much. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. When you're like, as an accountant. As an I accountant. It. I love it so much. God. I'm glad you take pride in your job. Like, that. that's why it's a funny flex is because it's something you and Jim have in common. But it's also because I know how much you love your job. So it's like a good thing. I love my job. I'm such a nerd. <laughs> so bad. Oh. All right. Yeah. So next week, probably Jack McKay. Probably. You know what it's called? Yeah. So it's episode, I'm sorry, it's season three, episode 19, Back in the High Life Again. Okay. Yeah. It's Jack McKay. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be. I oh, mean, I'm gosh. also wondering if it's like a continuation of Brandon's gambling. Cause like High Life, like what if he starts winning a lot, you know? But. Yeah, I mean, like, it's – we have time for it to be a downfall, so he could be, you know, riding high off of basketball, and, you know, I don't think the Super Bowl happened yet, so he hasn't made his Super Bowl bet. True. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like the thing with gambling is it's all fine until you start losing. Oh, yeah. So. Well, yeah, because you got to recoup your losses just a little bit, just a little bit more, and then you'll be back at zero. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm terrified of gambling, so that's about where my knowledge ends. So, yeah. random question. There's a movie on Netflix that Michael made me watch with him with Adam Sandler in it called Uncut, Uncut Gems. Gems. And we watched it, and holy crap, that was a movie. Like, it was not at all what I was expecting, and um, it definitely, like opened my eyes to like what gambling addicts are like and um Adam Sandler in that movie was like wild I've never seen him act like that before so, yeah I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I have not seen it yet but I put on Netflix earlier today and it did the thing where it auto plays the trailer and so the trailer was for Uncut Gems and it shows him like I guess it's the scene where he walks into the back of the restaurant and he's got all of his bets written on the back of the envelope and he's like, I'm going to take this and this and this and this and this and I'm going to do all of these different things and I didn't follow any of what he said. And then he gives the guy a watch. And like mm -hmm. I, I, just, I guess I didn't even put the two together because I watched that and the episode today. Yeah, mm -hmm. not to like give anything away about it, but there's like this one moment where you feel like everything is going to be okay and like – Adam Sandler gets this look in his eye and he just keeps fucking making it worse. And oh my god. It was it was a good movie, but it it gave me feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of strong opinions on it and most of them like good and positive and that he got snubbed for um Oscars and stuff like that, so I still need to see it. Yeah, I do too. I've been meaning to. Mhm. Mm it was really cool to see Adam Sandler in a role that isn't just him fucking around having fun with his friends on vacation. So, <laughs> He does that a lot. He's just like, I want to film a movie in Hawaii. I'm going to call Rob Schneider. <laughs> exactly. I, you know what? If that's your career, good for you. Yeah, it's not, not bad at all. Especially if you keep doing it with uh, Drew Barrymore because I like to see her in everything. I loved Fifty First Dates and I will never apologize for it. The Wedding Singer is my go-to Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's still true, but my Megan's uh, 
number one, I think, is Drew Barrymore. And I am not kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm for it. And I love her. That relates back to this podcast because Andrea Zuckerman has basically never been kissed. That's true. It's true. Yeah, I personally don't see it, but hey, you know. Nah, Drew Barrymore can get it. Right? I get it. <laughs> I see it. Yeah, she's – I think it was Ever After is what did yep. it for her. Oh, I yeah. that one too. <laughs> That's part of it. But also, how can you resist Julia Gulia? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like in Fifty First Dates, when she starts singing and she only sings on days that she meets him mm. and she makes the little waffle houses. <laughs> God, I haven't watched that movie in – so long. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched it, but I could tell you a lot about that movie. Megan could too. I knew I liked Megan. If y'all have any opinions on these episodes, you can tweet them at us and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to podcast. Yeah. And also send us some emails. We'll get back to you at some point. Um, correspondence might be slow, but we'll, we'll shout you out and then we'll, uh, Send you back an email, but do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And then to hear more of our thoughts and opinions on all of these episodes, you can, you know, follow us in your uh, podcast app. You can share it. You can like it. You can leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe, you know, all yeah. those different things. Do all the things and leave us reviews because we want to make sure more people see this. Um, obviously for, for what we have to say, cause it's so great. Um, but do the things and give us a five-star review, please. Yeah. And Done. until next week from all of us at back to podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>